Welcome back to episode 50, Big 5-0 of the Shy Sports Weekly Podcast. Milestone episode, boys, and no better way to celebrate it than having on two-time recurring guest, Andy Martinez. Andy, thanks for what's joining up? the show. What's up? Thanks for having me. I like the uh, it, round of applause, Kyle. I appreciate it. How does it feel to be here for uh, the 50 burger? Well, you know, I, I'd like to rank it among the top three accomplishments of my life at this point. So it's pretty high up there, I think. And the first two were the other episodes you were on? Exactly. I, you just <laughs> read my mind. You know that age old saying, you never forget your 50th. <laughs> <laughs> now we go. Let's uh let's dive right into the to the uh number 50s. I was gonna say the starting fact. Let's dive into the number 50s. Andy, you kick us off. Uh number 50 player, 50 uh players to wear number 50, Corey Crawford. In Chicago history. You can, you can go wherever you want to start, but I prefer yeah. if you, you want Chicago. I'll go Corey Crawford, but the first guy that came to mind was Mookie Betts for sure. Okay, you said Corey Crawford first accounts. Corey Crawford on the board. Maxi Pad, who you got? Corey Crawford's probably the best option. Um, I thought you were about to say Corey Crawford right after Andy said Corey Crawford. <laughs> yeah, my my volume's out. No, uh, I'll go. I'll stick with a cub. I'll I'll go Rowan Wick. Big Dick Rowan Wick. I like yep. that. I, I um, I'm. Up with I'll go. I'll go to the Hall of Famer Mike Singletary. That's a good. Wow, one. Iron Mike. That's a good one. I forgot he wore. 50. I'm I'm honestly shocked, Max, that you didn't take that. And I don't know how I forgot it. about that. Andy's wearing a fucking Bears hat. Yeah, and I'm wearing a hardball Mookie Betts. <laughs> Future Cub. Future Cub. Future you Cub. heard it here first. Um, uh, who we got for White Sox? John Danks. Oh, John Danks. What about Danks? Oh, my God. Who was uh, – didn't his brother play on the Sox? Jordan Danks? Jordan. Jordan Danks, yeah. Oh, man. Wasn't he uh, like Omar a prospect? Hoy? Like a like – a, somewhat worthy like noteworthy prospect it's really hard uh, to beat uh mike singletary and Corey Crawford. i feel like every time i ask, we do this i ask who was a bulls player that wore that number and every time it's like there's no one but i feel like there has to be a number 50 yeah i checked and who we got nothing <laughs> there's a guy named mike sweetney uh greg anthony I'll just read the rest since we're halfway. Greg Anthony, down. he's on. Uh, is he on NBA Today or uh, the NBA on TNT? Yeah, I think so. And then there we go. Ben Pochett and a guy named no. John Brown. So there's the history. Those are all fake. Andy, can you name a, a Chicago Fire player number fifty? There must have been like a backup goalie or something that probably wore fifty. I don't know. They they like get up to like the thirties, and that's about it. Roy Kent. Jamie Tart. What's anyone seen Ted Lasso? <laughs> oh, no, I haven't no. seen Ted Lasso, shockingly enough. Wow. Never. If you get four no. guys in a room, chances are half of them have seen Ted I Lasso. I bet that joke would have been fucking hilarious if we knew who those people were, though. <laughs> it would have. It would have made more sense. Would have landed. It wouldn't have been dead. I stuff. thought you were naming Chicago Fire players. I, I, was thought, like, I thought you were like random 2000 Chicago Fire players. Too, yeah. <laughs> Watch Ted Lasso. It's a good show. Jeez. The show's yeah, not sponsored right over, by Ted Lasso. That one went right over my head. I'm trying to think. We'll get, I want to do another Cubs one. I can't find a, a good number. Fit. Oh, Dan Heron. A little, little time with the Cubbies. My personal favorite, Julian Tavares. 
He's a crazy. He, I'm not. You're gonna laugh at me. He was in my dream a couple a couple of days ago. Not I'm even not, kidding. That's not even like the top ten weirdest things you've said. That's loose. Honestly, God, it was just like I don't even know what. I just know for a fact on my life, I'll put on my grandma's grave. He was in my dream on like Sunday night. Don't worry, Monday, we can cut, don't worry, we can cut this part out. <laughs> Did you wake up? Yeah, I don't know what? why I'm dreaming of Julian Tavares, but. Here's a fun one. The Bulls picked Tony Kukoc 50th overall. So uh, here's not a- number 50, but picked him 50th in 1990. All right, here's another fun one. Uh, I like to play the 50-50 every time I'm at a sporting event. <laughs> I do. Never wins. How many, how many but- times has DeMar DeRozan put up 50 this year? Uh, twice. Times? Three. To be honest, Can I don't put- know, but I feel like it's, yeah, it's either two or three. Yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> good that's a question. It was like that one week stretch where we thought the Bulls were good, right? Should we should we you dive wanna, into the Bulls a little bit? I'm gonna say, well, do you want to you want to go Bulls first? Let's do it. Let's go Bulls first. So they are the sixth seed here, playing the Bucks. Well, I mean, Andy, kick us off. What do you, like? What do you think overall? Uh, by the way, Demar's only scored fifty once this year. What do you think overall? Uh, do they have any sh- any chance of advancing there right now to win the series? They're plus six hundred. Uh, do they have a chance to win a fucking game? <laughs> if you're putting a plus six hundred uh, bet on that, then to win, I'll give you my Venmo, and you can just throw away that money this way. This way, um, <laughs> I was actually looking at the series props. So the the Bucks to win four games of one is plus one seventy five, and the Bucks to sweep uh, is plus two fifty. Which I just think that's like free money. Like, there's no one shot of those. What's that? You're saying at least one of those is free money? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, like, yeah, I feel like best case scenario, it's a gentleman's sweep. There's one, no way it's going one. six or seven. What are, no. what are the odds if it goes, uh, like, if it goes six and it's the box? Plus 370. Oh, yeah. See, I, um, I kind of agree. I think I agree with you. I think it's going to be. I don't even think it's gonna be a gentleman's sweep. Have the, the Bulls haven't beaten the Bucks this year? No, they haven't beaten the Bucks. I think since it was like it's like since 2017 or something like that. Since Derrick Rose hit a buzzer beater over Michael Red in like 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this what, is, what a turnaround of a season for the Bulls though, in the wrong direction, unfortunately. It's it is actually like they in late June or pardon me in late January they were the one seed in the East and it's. Yep. Now, I mean, seriously, talk about how the mighty have fallen. Do you think uh, the absence of Lonzo is making that big of a difference? I watched that game on who was it? They play the Hornets on Friday. I think they they gave up like seventy some points in the first half. They play no defense. Yeah, it's but crazy. It's, it's not even that. It's like even if Lonzo was there, they couldn't beat the good teams when Lonzo was there. Yeah. Like, it's amazing to me that they couldn't beat any of the good teams at all this year when it's like the Kings beat a good team like a couple weeks ago. Like, you, you would think you would just like fall into one of those games. Like, you'd catch them on an off day or something. And, but to, it's, I think it's even more impressive to lose all, your, all those games against good teams. Well, I'm looking at uh, their basketball reference page and their expected win loss. And I don't know what this is like based off of. But their expected win-loss record was supposed to be 40 and 42. And their actual record is 46 and 36. So they're, I mean, they're definitely overperforming for I would say what the the analytics uh like them as. I just don't 
I just I think hammering maybe that buck sweep at was it plus two fifty you said or two eighty? Two fifty. Two fifty on DraftKings. I mean oh, that seems that seems nice. I mean there, I don't I don't want the Bulls to lose, but but I also last like time money. I saw they were like two and twenty against playoff teams. I mean that, that I mean, is they, completely unacceptable. <laughs> How about I mean let's a little positive here. So I'm looking at their their last game that they played on was this April 10th. So that been Sunday here against the Timberwolves. Who who the hell knew the Timberwolves were a playoff team? They had the same record as the Bulls. Yeah. Like, did you know that? Did you know Ty? Did you know that? Uh, yes, only because I, you know, am into the basketball card game. So, <laughs> you know, that's why. But yes, I did. In this game on Sunday, Patrick Williams, 35 points. Uh, Io DeSumo, 26 points. Like, if you get those guys going, maybe, I mean, maybe you, maybe you make it a six-game series. But if not, you're – I mean, DeMar didn't even play. Like, it's – and I don't know. I mean, I couldn't tell you a single person on the box or on the, the Timberwolves. Like, Carl I don't know. Who, like, Anthony Edwards. Like, I mean, he played, but I don't, besides that, like, I don't know if these guys are good or if they're just like sad guys. <laughs> I mean, but if they want, they beat the Bucks or they beat, geez, I keep calling the Timberwolves the Bucks. They beat the Timberwolves going into, uh, going into the playoffs. So it's gotta be, I guess, some momentum. It's better than losing seven in a row, but at the same time, I, I don't know. You know what's actually I'm looking forward to? You ever notice when the Bulls are in the playoffs, all their players wear black shoes? No, you ever noticed like, these are the stats that you come up with? I've never noticed. Have that, you no. never noticed that? No, but like have now you... that I think of it, like I like obviously like everyone remembers the Derrick Rose injury and like yeah, like he was wearing black shoes then. I'm I'm not kidding. This is I noticed this when they played the Wizards in like whatever the might have been the 2004-2005 playoffs or maybe it was the 05-06 season. Whenever they, they made the playoffs and like I was watching them during the regular season, they would just wear whatever shoes, but then they would in the playoffs, everybody wore black shoes. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And they would do it like continuously. And I, I don't know if that's, maybe this is just like, a, I've never seen it anywhere. I've never read it anywhere. This could just be a galaxy brain thing in my own mind that the bulls are going to wear their black shoes. And they're just going to like, if there's any game they're going to win, it's got to be game three though. Right. They're going to have, they're going to be probably down two Oh, they're going to come back. The United Center is going to be on fire. Madhouse is going to be rocking. Giannis is going to miss a free throw at the end. The Bulls are going to win like 111, 110. How about that? How about that for prediction? That's a pretty bold prediction. Is there a way just to bet if they're going to wear black shoes? Look it up. I swear to God. <laughs> I mean, don't call me a liar. I'm telling you right now. It's crazy. I mean, I'm me. looking at oh, the picture like... of Derrick Rose when he got hurt. Yeah, he's wearing black shoes. What's crazy to me is they went from needing, like, quote-unquote, one piece, like they needed a, a four or, like, a, a five that could play defense and score, to now there's question or people talking about, should they just blow this whole thing up? Like, <laughs> Where, Who's saying that, though? It's been the talk. Like, because they're kind of in no man's land. Like, they're not bad enough for a lottery pick, but they're not good enough to, like, really compete. But like, who would? Why would you? This is their first time in the playoffs since what, 2015, right? With uh, or pardon me, 2017 with yeah. Dwayne Wade, 
uh, Rajon Rondo, Jimmy Butler where, that year where against if the Celtics. Rondo doesn't get hurt, they probably beat the Celtics in round one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, might even sweep I'm, them. I'm I'm not in the camp of like, you know, blowing this team up. I like their. No, core. I'm with you. I'm with you. But like, that's the devil's uh, advocate it's argument. Crazy how fast it's gone downhill. Zombie. I mean. I would not blow this up. You, it's your first year making the playoffs, like with this core. I mean, you could still add Patrick Williams was out the whole year. You're hoping right. him, Kobe White. The Io, same time all in, the, in the NBA, it's like if you're not competing for the title, no one, no one cares. Like who cares if you make the playoffs? Eight teams make the playoffs in each conference. Now it's ten with the plans or whatever. Are there any good? Is like Anthony Davis a free agent? I mean, no. I think who's a free agent that they could go get? I don't know, but no one wants AD either. Guys, no, he's a. He's guys a Packers fan. Glass and tape. Real, we could take it. Could we just take a second here to just rip on LeBron? <laughs> Not does he wear fake, why does he wear, fucking GM. Why does he wear fake glasses? Yeah, I don't get that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. He looks that. ugly. That's my first. Uh, you know, that's that. That's the first time when I will question someone's intelligence if I see someone wearing fake glasses. You don't like fake glasses? No. I, I just don't understand. Like, he, like he's the GM of the team, right? Like, everybody knows it. It's just – he's just not, like, the GM in name, so to say. The thing is, and that then, team was so bad. Like, they were, like, terrible. 20 games under 500. They were so bad. But my favorite part is, is that, like, LeBron is what, what do you say? He's like, you know, I, I wouldn't count this season as a failure. We we grew together. And it's like, dude, the fuck you mean? You were like the title favorites. People were dubbing <laughs> they didn't the team even like make the, the playoffs. Team, like yeah. potentially the greatest team of all time. You have four, four Hall of Famers. And like, I mean, you could say LeBron isn't in his prime, but he's not far out of his prime. No. Anthony Davis is in his prime. You would still take Russell him on Westbrook. your team. I mean, he's, he's basically, I mean, he's playing well enough to be considered still in his prime almost the guy was competing for a scoring title. yeah he almost he could have he could have definitely gotten the scoring title on the last game lebron could have yeah but he chose to yeah. sit out like he i think if he played in the last two games or whatever he would have been right there yeah oh shit well there you go that's even even more proof that he's a fraud as a gm <laughs> And now he's saying, I'm reading something here that he'd be very enthused if Mark Jack- about the possibility of the Lakers hiring Mark Jackson. Like, didn't he pick Frank Vogel? Won a title Frank Vogel is not a bad coach for two either. years. Frank Brown Vogel is, has some good Pacers teams. LeBron is not yeah. my goat, and he never will be. Well, no shit. Why would LeBron be anybody's goat? He stinks. It's three and six in the finals. I just, ugh, whatever. He's gonna. You know what's gonna be my nightmare? Honest to God, is if the Bulls better somehow, than three and six in the finals. Is he five and six? LeBron. Five and six. How many rings does he have? He has four, right? Five. No, is not he three and six? Does he have? He has two with the Heat. Yeah, one with the. Yeah, he's one got four. Cavs. Maybe he's four and six. Yeah, yeah, he's got one with the Cavs. He's got one with the, with the Lakers, and then two with the. Uh, he's yeah. been to ten NBA finals. Wow, it's kind of thing. insane. Good thing Ray Allen had three. When he was ripping through the East, the Eastern Conference was so weak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Derek, Derek Rose had no ACLs. He's fucking ripping in a tearing over through the East. There's no one. There's he had no competition. He was walking to the finals every year. Yeah, it was a joke and a half. I just 
what I'm going to be my absolute nightmare is when the Bulls somehow draft Brownie, and then LeBron just comes strolling into the United Center, and he's just going to dance on my piss on my grave as he's walking through. He'll come out of retirement, walking down the aisle. He'll, he'll make sure that he can play with it. That would be even worse. Remember, in, uh, I mean, that's what he that's what he said. He broke my heart in twenty. Was it 2012 when he chose the uh, or 2011 when he chose the Heat? Because there was a chance he was going to come to the Bulls. Well, yeah, and I thought I was I conspiracy theory me like was convinced that they were that he was signing because he had said like before he was done with his contract like, oh, I'm going to switch my number to number six, and I'm like, well, yeah, because he can't wear 23 with the Bulls. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's coming to the Bulls. They thought it was either going to be like him and Bosh or Wade and Bosh, or even just one of them, and they got none of them. Yeah, they got. Yeah, Carlos Boozer. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Yo, give me do, you remember his, do you remember his jump shot? Like he would like the I mean, fadeaway. Like, he would like he had his hands behind his like head when he shot yeah. the ball. Hundred percent right. He was trying to wipe his ass, but like the reverse way. But <laughs> yeah, he was going the opposite way. Oh my god, Carlos Boozer. Um, all right. Well, let's before we uh move go on to the Cub talk, let's get a couple. Serious predictions here. Andy, what do you got? On the Bulls? Yeah. Bucks, four games. Bucks and four. <laughs> Max? I'll go Bucks and six. In six? Yeah. I'll I'm gonna go have gentlemen. A, I'm have a little optimism. I'll go Bucks and five. How about, and then really quick, how about your, I mean, I don't even know who, who's in the whole, like in the playoffs even, but give us your NBA finals champion. Who's winning it all this year? I think it's the Bucks, right? Like, I mean, they're, they're pretty, going back they're to pretty back. loaded. Oh, yeah, they'll run it back. And they're pretty pretty loaded. Ooh, I'm going to say the Suns. Right. The Suns? Are they, they're the one seed, I think, right? Are yeah. the two seed? Yeah. I'm going to go the Golden State Warriors. I don't know. All three very possible. Yeah, I know for sure. I mean, I don't even know what seed there is. Does Clay, is he even playing? He's playing, yeah, right? he's playing. You don't get that analysis anywhere else where you make a finals <laughs> prediction and then ask if the guy playing. playing. Is he playing? Because if are they in the playoffs? Because if not, that's a terrible prediction. The best thing about um, Clay Thompson is he'll get like 11 touches a game, finish with 33 points, and like six dribbles. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's check. I'm going to check on the NBA title odds because I feel like the Suns have to be big favorites. To be honest, Devin Booker, eight games. It's got to be the Suns and the Bucks, right? Yeah, or, I mean, I would assume Maybe so. Suns on Suns are plus two seventy. Bucks are plus five hundred. Nets are plus six fifty. Celtics the Nets, a, yeah. Aren't the Nets in the plan right now? I think they just won. Oh, they did. I think so. The Warriors are plus a thousand. It's a nice little sprinkle on the Bulls plus eight thousand. <laughs> Again, if you need my Venmo, <laughs> they're, they're plus give it up. They're plus eight thousand to win the title. Who has yeah. the worst odds of any team in the playoffs? The Cavs. Spurs. No, wait, why are the Spurs still last? No, the Hornets, actually. Yeah, yeah the Hornets. What uh where uh where do the Bulls land in like terms of teams towards the bottom? Like are they like so of the 20 teams that could potentially win it still right now? Or are they like like they're towards the middle? I mean they're they're not gonna win, <laughs> but they're probably towards the back half of the middle. Oh. There's there's like 12 teams. The, the, the thing about it is, like, had they gotten a good draw, like, had they gotten maybe like the who would have been a good who would have been a good draw for like them though? The Heat. Well, no, they I probably mean, still they... would have lost the Heat. No, yeah, you're right. Uh, Five games. 
somehow Celtics, they could have gotten games. the Cavaliers. Had they had they gotten the Cavaliers somehow, that's a really good draw. They probably win a series. Yeah, but the yeah, I guess they would have. <laughs> but they also needed to beat the, those other teams to like they needed to beat the get good in teams position. To get up there. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So they're right now they're not that they're not looking too hot. I don't know, but you know who is looking hot? Saya, Saya. <laughs> I think he just hit another home run. Oh, so Andy, I know you're 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 always watching the Cubs. I yeah. actually I want Max's first reaction. Max, what was your first reaction when says went deep the other night? And don't tell me you weren't fucking watching the game. I, mean, I, was, I was fucking, fucking I was fucking pumped. I I was saying from the get go when they signed him, I was like, this this is a great pickup right here. Like it's it's really not that heavy of an investment compared to what some of the other guys around the league are getting. And you took a look at his stats in, was he playing in Japan? He was in Japan, right? Yep. Take a look at the stats that he had over the last year, couple of years. It was seriously impressive. So I, I was all in on the gamble on him. And so far it's paying off. I think it's sustainable. Uh, three home runs in three games. No. Three home runs in four games. I mean, like his, so right now he's the first player in, I mean, there's like all these little crazy nuggets with him, but first player, in, I don't know if it's Cubs history, MLB history with like four, four RBIs, four walks, or is it eight RBIs, four walks? Eight RBIs, four walks, I'm trying to find it. I would say being on pace for 135 home runs is not sustainable. <laughs> oh, you don't think so? But I think maybe he could put 30 out. Just how good is it in general to have the Cubs being back? Just watching the Cubs on TV. God damn, does it feel good? I mean, you know what's what's incredible is like the offense. It seems like actually sustainable, right? Like, like when the Cubs were really solid last year at the beginning of the year, it's like, well, yeah, if Javi Baez and Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and Jack Peterson keep hitting home, well, maybe not Jack Peterson because he wasn't really hitting a ton of home runs, but like if those guys all keep hitting home runs, yeah, the Cubs are going to be good, which. It clearly was never sustainable, and we saw. What I think happened. what's really incredible is um, going into a season not having much, many expectations, and then winning three of the first four games. But that's what I'm saying. Honestly, like, yeah. what was what was incredible was like they made Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta look like you know just regular old dudes. Right, and those were three exactly. of the best pitchers in baseball last year. Yep. You know what I love about, it? and you just were mentioning how there's more balance in this lineup. What I love about it, contact. This lineup, yeah. I mean, they'll, I mean, obviously every, everybody's going to strike out. You're facing major league pitching, but this is a contact-based lineup, and especially in the early months here, you know, April when it's freezing in May, when wind might not be blown out. Right. And you're facing, yeah, Corbin Burns, uh, Brandon Woodruff, these aces that Milwaukee has. I love their love the contact baseline. I, I know he hasn't gotten off to a hot start. I love Nick Madrigal. Like, yeah. I mean, I think I'm going to be in not? love with this guy. The, the, Why? That's what he's, I said, how do you not? That was a great trial. Oh. Yeah. He puts up good at bats too. Like he puts up really good at bats too. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, like, I think he's maybe has like one or two hits. He, I, he was hitting like, Oh, 83, I think, or something like that, which is like, you know, it's like, it's four Nowhere to go, like, but up. Nowhere to go, yeah, but that's, up. That's he's not going to be hitting that. But like, the thing about it is he's he's got a really good uh, plate discipline. Like he knows his zone, and that's kind of the same thing with Suzuki. Like they both know their their strike zone. And there was what I think it was against um, I think it was against Josh Hader where where Suzuki struck out 
um, <laughs> struck out looking and it's like, all right, like, first of all, like Josh Hader's got that weird, you know, delivery that he's probably never seen anything like that before. But at the mm-hmm. same time, like, I think he knew, like, he couldn't do anything with that pitch. And David Ross said it, um, I think after Saturday's game or Sunday's game, like, you're going to take your pitches and you're going to, like, some of them are going to be balls, but some, sometimes you're going to get strike, struck and out. And, like, that's fine because you want your, like, those will balance out in the end. Um, and the other thing is, like, you don't want these guys swinging at pitches that even if they can make contact on, it's a little grounded to first base or a little grounded to third. Like, you'd rather try and, you know, either draw the walk or wait for the pitch that you can put into the gap or put over the fence. Yeah, I saw a stat that said after his first three games, I think he's seen 57 pitches in total and only swung and missed at one of them. Yeah, like he is. And even like that first, it's not bad. Um, (laughs) Even that first game in, uh, in, in spring training, like you could tell like, all right, like once he gets his timing off and, and like Kyle, you said it, like May 7th was going to be his day where he like figured it out. And I thought it was going to, like, I thought he was going to be struggling real bad right now, just because of seeing guys like Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and, and, but like that pitching staff right off the bat, I'm like, Oh, like it's going to be a rough start for him. So here's, here's another fun one for, about Suzuki. He's been throwing 29 pitches outside of the strike zone. He's taken 28 of them. Uh, 26 were correctly called balls, two correctly, incorrectly called strikes, and his only chase or his one chase was an RBI single off Brandon Woodruff. So the guy knows the guy knows his strike zone. Andy, was yeah. there – I might be paraphrasing this, but was there a Ross quote from this past weekend where he's like – I think he was even referencing Suzuki where he said he's so true to his own, but then that's why he struck out looking like on, yeah. a, on a borderline yeah. pitch. Was right. it something yeah. along those lines? Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Yeah. What a so spin we're... zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, well, I remember Yon Moncada was the same way when he first came up with the White Sox. I remember there was like, he had been struck out looking like the most in the league, but at the same time he had like, like along those that stat you had, Max, it was like 50% of those were like incorrectly called strike threes looking. It was like he knew his like he knew the zone too well where it was like hurting him. Yeah, that's and crazy. That, honestly, I I hate to make this comparison, but that is something you love to see. Is it's just like the anti yep. anti Javi bias. <laughs> right. You love to see those kind of at bats being worked this season versus kind of what we've been used to. Right. With a guy, I feel like, like you Javi. see that with a team like when a team is very like home run and strikeout heavy. I feel like like it's you know what it is. It's like when a, a team has a, a a coach that's like a dictator, and they're like he's up in everybody's face. The next coach that they get is you know a player's coach. It's the complete opposite. Right. Yeah. It's I feel that's almost the same way for for a while. That's, I mean that's kind of where the MLB was heading too. It's like strikeouts and home runs. It was a power game. Right. And now having this kind of lineup, it's refreshing. And it's fun. I mean, not to, not to say back. that the Cubs don't have boppers. I mean, they have, I mean, not to say Patrick Wisdom is uh, a perennial 30 home run throughout a year, but at the same time, he's also like, he can hit a home run in any condition. He should, he should have a home run. He should have had that grand slam that the wind in Wrigley held up for a very loud fly ball. Yeah. Um, like he, like he'll, he'll get it going. Just wait till like Frank the tank gets it going too. And you know, what's crazy is like, like wait till he gets it going and he's like he's just gotten hits his last few games like like except it's like one for four and not like the three for four we were saying all last season yeah it's yeah i was i mean watching the game today i was talking with 
uh, some people I work with and I was like, he just kind of looks like his timing is just off right now. He just doesn't seem like he's like last year in August and September, he was just locked in, you know, he was squaring everything up where, I mean, his hit today, well, I don't even know what the exit, I think it was a broken bat single up the middle. A couple of his hits the other day were just, you know, I think he had one line drive, but they were just, you know, grounders that found holes. He also had he also had fewer at bats than everyone else because he missed some time with like a lower back injury in spring, so he's like, I mean, all these guys are behind just because of the shortened spring, but he's also like a little bit further behind than the rest of the guys because he was, he missed I think I want to say like four days or so, so like two games in spring training. How much do you think the shortened spring is uh, affecting? I'll say the starting pitchers, but relievers in general going back to back days. That's like one thing even I overlooked where it was like, yeah, the, none of these guys have gone back to back and the Cubs are going to have to, like, they're going to eventually have to do that here soon just because they don't have an off day uh, until the 25th, I believe, of, mm-hmm. of April. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you're just naturally going to have to go back to back on some of these guys. Um, that is going to be like, like we're seeing with some teams already around the league where guys are getting hurt. And I mean, the, the White Sox with Giolito, like that's already, I mean, they're already down, you know, pretty bad with Lance Lynn and now they're they're without him like it's it's I mean it's 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 so funny because like the Cubs had four guys who go five innings so it's like oh yeah like whatever but like that is something like to really keep an eye on because like at this point if this were a normal spring training they're like I'd say I would want to say like 80 percent of the way there and a lot of these guys aren't and the Cubs are in a really interesting situation too where a lot of these guys signed even later like Michael Given signed like a few days into camp and David Robertson signed a few days into camp and then he had a son. So then he had to be away from the team. Like all these guys are like behind the eight ball and then doubly behind because of, you know, the crazy, you know, free agency with the lockout where they didn't sign and didn't get to camp for after a few days. How good is Ethan Roberts? How about that slattery through today? He, yeah, he is, he is really, really good. Like I really think he could be like a, like a really good back end, high leverage situation uh, pitcher, you know, once he hits his prime, like, I think there's, there's definitely going to be some, some, you know, learning like some uh, road bumps and he's, he's going to have to like learn a little bit about the league, but he is like, and he's like one of like the, like the nicest kids. Like he is like a genuinely like, the like nicest like, kids. Yeah. Like he is like, he was just dude so that they gave a, a contract to like in the dugout. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And then yeah. like, I went, I went up to him in the clubhouse when, when we got back to Chicago and, um, and he was just like, he was just like a little kid. Like he was so happy. It was like kind of cool to see. Cause like, I mean, like, I think that's how I would be if I was in the major leagues. I'd be like, Oh my God, like I'm in the major leagues. Like that's how he is. Like it's, he's just like a little kid. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I'm looking it up here. His not that I don't even know like what an average horizontal break is, but his slider had a 22 inches of horizontal break, yeah. which I'm assuming that's a lot. That is a ton. Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, like way across, like if it starts on the right two feet. side, what's yeah, exactly. Like if, if, how, if you're, how wide is, uh, is home plate? Isn't it 17? That's a well, good question. I don't know. That's a good trivia question. That's a very good. Trivia how question. wide is home plate? Oh, let's see how, let's take guesses. Max guess. Uh, foot, foot. I'm going to go Tied. 14 inches. Andy, Probably. did you look it up? Yeah, I looked it up, but I was right when I said it. What did you say? 17. 17. It's yeah, say That's crazy. So he, he, his slider literally broke all of home plate and then five extra inches. If, if you're a right-hander, you think it's coming into your hands and then it's in the other, ba- it's in the other batter box. Like, 
Yeah. I mean, Literally. that's wild. Uh, what do you think of Marcus Stroman? I know he uh, fans were pissed that he got pulled after the fifth yesterday or Sunday, but it's like, I mean, it's a short spring training. Like how do you, you can't expect these guys to be throwing a hundred pitches right off the gate. Right. What right. do you, uh, what do you think since for him? I think he's like uh, the one thing that they got once they got Stroman, like, and I said it from like the beginning is like, they got consistency, right? Like he's going to go five to six innings each time. And like, mm-hmm. you know, is it going to be like a 12 strikeout game? Probably not. Like actually I'd be shocked if he has a one twelve strikeout game all season, but it's going to be a lot of, like we saw on, on Sunday, like a lot of ground balls, like a lot of soft contact, a lot of, you know, bloopers, like things like that. Um, He's like, I think that's genuinely what he is going to bring, which like, I, I'm not trying to diminish what that is. Cause the Cubs did, didn't have that last year. Like Kyle Hendricks was the only guy that was going, you know, every fifth day. And it was like, maybe we'll get three innings out of this guy. And maybe we'll get two innings out of Zach Davies. Like, you know, you didn't know what to expect out of the starting rotation. And like, that's at the very least what they got. And in major league baseball, you'll gladly take that for sure. So, I will say after a season of struggles for Kyle Hendricks, it was really nice to see him like return to form to peak Kyle Hendricks on opening day. Do you like, what are some of the things you've heard about that he's been working on in the off season or why he was kind of able to get back to that? And do you think it's going to stay that way? Yeah. Like, I think, I think there was definitely like the mental aspect and like the, like the way Kyle Hendricks is, he'll never admit it. Like he'll never be like, Oh, like, I mentally switched. I actually, I, not even Kyle Hendricks. Like I think any major league baseball player will never like admit, like he was a little ch- checked out or zoned out um, for lack of a better phrase. But like, I mean, think about it. Like you went from competing for a playoff spot, a world series every single season. And then you're on, you know, a team that's going nowhere. And you knew that at, at on the July 31st trade deadline, like that is uh, mentally, that's gotta be tough. Like if you're used to competing, like if, I don't know, like if you think of it, like at a college or high school level, like you're used to competing for state championships every year and now you'll be happy to win, you know, five games. Like that's like a big, you know, mental switch for sure. And, and right. I'm sure that kind of affected him a little bit. And we just saw, he was just like locked in. One thing he did say he's he wanted to be more athletic uh, in his motion. He felt like very robotic. He said in spring training, or he said last year that he felt very robotic and like, it was just like, so he was trying to be more loose. Uh, and, you know, I think there was a little worry in spring training when I think his was his last game. He, he gave up like three home runs or something like that. Um, but like he was mentioning, uh, you know, I wasn't I didn't have a scouting report. I was just trying to work on certain pitches. And there was uh, there was one Cubs pitcher last season who threw five straight curveballs because he was think he was working on a new curveball. So he threw in the hitter, I think, got a double or something it's on, on him. And it's like, well, yeah, after three pitches, you know what's coming. Um, so like I never would count on anything spring training results from a pitcher for sure you're saying we shouldn't be gambling on spring training games <laughs> i would say it's probably not wise unless you know what pitcher's working on a pitch and he's going to be throwing that pitch 80 percent of the time i don't know i think i found some market inefficiencies there so i'm gonna <laughs> keep that one in my back pocket do you think there's any i don't know even i'm trying to think how to phrase this do you think there's any like truth this is a theory I have that Kyle Hendricks's changeup is more effective when the wind is blowing out. Have yeah, you, have you heard I'm anything sure about I'm that? pretty sure he's said that himself. Doesn't he prefer that when the wind's blowing I, out? I looked it up. I couldn't find it anywhere. Have you yeah, heard anything about that, Andy? that? I don't remember hearing that. I mean, it's possible he said that. I just don't remember. But I mean, yeah, like you know, 
counter logic, right? Like, you know, if I throw against the wind, maybe, or with the, yeah, I guess it would be against the wind. Yeah. Against the wind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure maybe there is some physics to it, like way more advanced than I know about spin mechanics and and physics, but like, you know, maybe the, the, the wind is causing it to, I could have swore I heard that he was getting more dip on his change. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it adds more horizontal dip or more vertical dip, whatever. Like it's totally possible for sure. I especially like to keep an eye on. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the market and efficiency. Market and efficiency. Kyle said the word sustainable earlier is the pitching, the pitching that we've been seeing from the staff and the bullpen. There's no way that that can be sustainable this season, right? Well, I, the, so what's shocking to me is the bullpen, I, th- I think, has been like they've been solid. I mean, obviously, they're, you know, they're three and one as we record this podcast. Like they are they've had some like worrisome moments for sure. But I think that's really like, you know, they're going to take some, a couple of weeks to figure out like their roles and get into, you know, game rhythm and game shape. But like, once they get it, I think that the the bullpen can be really, really good. Like, I think there's a lot of pieces like a Chris Martin or like a Michael Givens that like David Robertson that like, they're just going to get out. And that's like, that's all you want from a bullpen. Like, I think there's some real potential. And then I think if it, if, if it's really struggling, like those are uh, assets that you can flip kind of like, like we saw last year with Ryan to and Andrew Chafin and, and the Cubs are really good about just figuring out those like veteran arms, like to and Chafin were like Chafin was like a little well-known when he was in Arizona, but like to with the blue Jays was, you know, was nothing. And then he struggled in 2020. And then in 2021, he's one of the best relievers in baseball and, and same thing with Chafin. Um, so like, and then Adam Morgan was the other guy I always reference. Adam Morgan was really solid in the second half for the Cubs. Um, like they, they just, they just, there's just something there with those veteran relievers that they can kind of, you know, work their, work their magic on. Do you expect David Robertson to be the person to get the first two saves of the season to get to save no. or to close out two of the first four games? No, I really, I thought it would be Michael Givens. Like I thought, yeah, he, I, I know he was probably the, the furthest uh, like away from being game ready. Um, but I thought he just looked the sharpest and his, his arm delivery was a little wonky that I thought like there would be like all that would play in, but no, I'm shocked that David Robertson is, has gotten the first two saves for sure. And do you think that's just because he's like Givens isn't in like game shape? Do you think that'll switch eventually? Or or if it's like, he's got the odd hand, just ride it. Right. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of that. And And then like David, like the, the two saves that David Robertson has had, I know, I think he faced, I want to say maybe like three or four lefties in those two games. Um, his cutter is really, really good against, against, uh, against lefties. And he mentioned it in spring training. Like he's not throwing 94, 96, like he was, you know, when he first got in the league, but he's still throwing 92 with a ton of spin and a ton of, you know, movement on that cutter that I think um, that that plays really well against lefties. So a lot of new, like, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, it's funny to think that 92 is like s- slow. Yeah. Like I, I would be so late on that. <laughs> Go ahead, Max. So a lot of, a lot of new faces in the locker room. Everyone wants to talk yeah. about Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal, you know, Suzuki Hendricks, like the household names are like the, you know, right. the popular names, I guess. Who's a guy that we could, that, you know, we might be surprised by this season or someone who you like is kind of like a dark horse player. Uh, I for on the offensive side, I'll definitely say Alfonso Rivas. Um, he is just like a good at bat every time he goes up there. He's left-handed too. The Cubs are pretty right-handed heavy. I want to say like Clint Frazier, uh, you know, Nick Madrigal, Nico Horner, all those guys are right-handed. Um, Alfonso Rivas is a little different and like 
he just grinds out at bat. Like, I think he's the perfect um, late inning pinch hitter or, you know, perfect guy to go up against a righty uh, and give Frank Schwindel a day off. Like, I, I think he is just like, I think he's going to be a solid bat or has the potential to be a very solid bat. And he can play some outfield too, which I think gives him a little bit of versatility where it's like, all right, well, he's got a really hot hand, but so is Frank. So where do we play him? Okay, let's throw him at the DH or let's throw him in left field or something and, and give someone else a day off. Like, I think that gives him some flexibility. And then on the pitching side, um, I I guess I would, I would lean towards Justin Steele. Like, I think he, like we saw it late last season, I've been high on Justin Steele all, all spring. Like, I think he really could be a really good starter for the Chicago Cubs. Um, and I think we've seen – we're starting – we saw that a little bit of a glimpses uh, in his first outing. And, and you know, I think there's going to be a lot of learning curve for him for sure, just playing full 162. But I think he can be a really good starter for the Cubs. Love it. Keep an eye on those guys. Oh, no, you're just sitting here smiling. Have you uh... – <laughs> When they have to, I mean, I know one time through here, they they had a couple off days, so they're just going to start with Hendricks tomorrow again. But when they have to use a fifth starter, us more frequently moving forward, do you think that's going to, is it going to be Alec Mills, Keegan Thompson? Um, uh, I think combination? it depends. Yeah, I think it depends what happens with Alec Mills. Um, he threw a bullpen or a sim game, um, I believe Monday or Tuesday through 77 pitches. So I think they'll wait and see, you know, how he feels after that. He had the lower back strain too. Um, and then Wade Miley's uh, beginning to play catch. Um, but those two guys are probably a little further away. I, I guess I would go Keegan Thompson for sure. Um, he's the guy that's stretched out the most. And I think, you know, had he not, uh, what did he say? Had he not misplaced his two-seam fastball, maybe uh, he pitches, you know, maybe he gets a four-inning save. Um, but, uh, yeah, since he misplaced it, you know, they, they had to get some other guys in there. But I think he will be um, the fifth starter for sure. And I, I think – He's going to be a really interesting arm to follow because, you know, I think once Wade Miley and Alec Mills get healthy, those two guys will be, you know, vying for a spot in the rotation. Uh, and then I think Keegan Thompson provides, you know, the ability to go two or three innings. And, you know, if you get a short outing from someone like that, that's a bridge to, to some of those back end bullpen arms. I know you can't say it, but we'll say it. I'm fucking right. Keegan Thompson. I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy how many times the Cubs have been hit by the Brewers, but we won't, we don't have to get into that. Um, well, David Ross, Max, did you have the any... Cubs count them all? Just that's what. That yeah, like. I know. I love that. Max, did you have anything else? Yeah, a couple more quick things. I knew yeah. Nico was was good with the glove, but he is good with the glove. Oh yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. he could be a potential if he could play a full season or a couple full seasons in a row. He might sneak a Gold Glove in there. I, I still think we'll see definitely an Anderson Simmons, uh, Nico Horner up the middle, which will be really good defensively. But Nico Horner is making a strong case to say even when Anderson Simmons is back, it gets healthy. Like it's yeah. going to be hard to keep him out of out of the the lineup, um, or excuse me, out of well, yeah, out of the lineup and on out of out of the shortstop position. Uh, yes, he he is like he is really really good, and like he was very well known for his glove, but like you know I. I thought he was. I thought. I thought they were making the smart move and having Simmons at short and, and Nico at second defensively. But like, I, I think I was wrong. Right? I played it. You just gotta go. I think you gotta go, Nico Madrigal. I mean, that played today. I, I didn't see that coming at all. I mean, no, especially I, with I, Brian I, Hayes running, it wasn't like he had you know Paul Conerco trotting down first base. I will say, Brian Hayes, that guy's gonna be a stud. He's yep. really, really good. He, it, and yeah, I, I like obviously Simmons is elite caliber with the glove but how do you how do you keep horner and madrigal out of the lineup or you know you just want to have them up the middle every day i feel like 
Yeah, I guess that's why that's the good thing they have a the DH uh, right. to, to have Madrigal at DH. But yeah, I mean, you need him playing second too. Um, but like, there is something to uh, uh, Madrigal and Anika Horner. Like they, they haven't played a full one sixty two. Like they need they do need Simmons in that sense where it's like as much yeah. fun as it is right now. Like you don't want to burn out Nico Mad Nico and 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 Madrigal like by June. Like you got to keep these guys sure. fresh and got you want to make sure they make it to June and, and beyond that for sure. Last thing I had was, uh, would you ever order a David Bodie jersey? <laughs> Tell me Kyle did this or something. Who ordered one? No. No. We'll, we'll explain the, re- the rationale after. Yeah. All right, all right. On your li- how about this? On your list you of players. No comment. Yeah, on your list no of comment. players, would David Bodie be in the top 10 players that you would think to get a jersey for? On this on current, current Yeah. Good question. Let me let me think real quick. Twelve. No, 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 no. There's no way. No, like I got to like six, and I'm like, no, no way. Stick <laughs> tall, Max. Oh, not to name names, but Gal uh, was texting us, and he was like trying to figure out what which Cubs jersey he should order, and like one of the second names he throws out there is David Bodie, and me and Kyle are both immediately like, dude, what? What are you talking about? This is before about? like Nico Horner, Nick Madrigal. I think this was right after Seiya. He's like, should yeah. I get a Suzuki jersey? We're like, yeah. He's like, man, maybe a David Bodie one. We're like, <laughs> I don't want to get Bodie. And he and, and then like me and Kyle were like, dude, no, that's so wrong. Like, don't tell anyone else you said that. Yeah. And he's like, he's like defending it. And we're like, yeah. dude, just go look at his baseball reference page. Yeah. He is doubling down on the fact Bode. that David Bodie should be. <laughs> Don't get me yeah, wrong. David it was Bode fun did. when so, David Bodie got called up. He had some nice games. The walk-off Grand yeah. Slam was sick. But, God damn, I am not ever. You will not catch me anywhere in a David Bodie jersey. I, Andy, before we uh, before we jump into the starting five, I'm going to rattle yeah. off different just statistical categories. Just tell me who you think is going to lead the Cubs in each one. We'll start with the offensive side. Uh, okay. We'll go average. Okay. Average? Um, I mean, it's, it's tough not to say say Suzuki the way he's starting. Um, but I, like, I think, you know, everything, you know, what is a cream rises to the top, whatever phrase you want to use. Like I think Nick, Nick Madrigal has the highest case for, I mean, he was a 300 hitter last year. Like I think he has the best case for, for, um, you know, highest, high, highest batting average this season. Uh, hits. Hits. I'm going to go Nick Madrigal again, just cause he's bad. They're keeping him at the top of the lineup. Like, I think he's, he's just going to get the most opportunities and his game, his game translates towards that. Home runs, home runs, and RBIs because those could be linked together. Yeah, uh, that's tough. I, I'm gonna go Ian Happ. Wow. Ooh. I think he's gonna be. Yeah, I think he's gonna. Uh, he could be an All Star this year. I think has he hit gonna, one this year? What's that? Did he hit one this weekend? No, he hit one off the wall, right? Yeah, he hit one uh, that. Uh, like right off uh, to center field. Do you um do you think he's gonna lead in RBIs as well? Yeah, double dip. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, I wanted to right, say. Last... I know the questions are not directed at me. <laughs> I want to say they P. are. Go ahead. I want to say P. Wizzy is gonna lead in home runs, but I feel like his batting average could be such a problem that he falls out of the lineup. Like I, I hope I... I hope that doesn't happen, but that is a, a concern. Yeah, I I was kind of thinking the same thing. I, mean, I, w- I will say I think this lineup suits him a lot better because, like, I mean, last year, especially in the second half after everyone was traded, it's like, all right, like, just don't pitch to this guy because, like, 
you know, he's, he's, he's just going to mash or like just, you know, nibble and, and, and you'll get some strikeouts and you'll get some chases. But I, this year, like, I, I think that's why I'm a little shocked. He's starting off as slow as he is. Like, I think this year he has, a, he had the potential to just like really build off of what he did last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I saw in the second half or post trade deadline, was he, did he hit 199? Yeah, did it was I, something like, that yeah, it was, I mean, he really like, remember it was like, it was a lock. He was going to break KB's home run record, rookie home run record. Like, Oh, it's a lock. It's a lock. And then you're getting like into September. You're like, is he actually going to do it? Or is he just going to, is he going to, is he even going to tie it? Um, Like <laughs> it, it got pretty, got pretty sweaty there. I mean, KB's was what? 26 and he hit 28. He hit 28 yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love nothing more than P was he just like 20 going off and right shut yeah. it right up my whole I don't, even, butt. I don't even want to speak what I said into existence, but it's it was creeping in the back of my mind. Oh yeah. It's creeping <laughs> right up to the front of mine. Um, let's see what was the last category. Stolen bases. Ooh, I was not ready for that one. Um and why is it not Rafael Ortega? Because that guy should never steal a base again. <laughs> I, I've been shocked at the amount of hit and runs that have been run with him, uh, especially early on in games, like uh, like you, I think Nico has a steal, right? I think yeah. he could be. He could definitely be a candidate. Like he's he's very he's very fast, and he's just like like I feel like to to like be a really good base stealer. You like you have to have that like that it factor, that instinct. And Nico has that on the base pass. Yeah, I can I can vouch for that for having a stolen base record at Lamont. I agree. Um, <laughs> I just saved. gave you up on that one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I knew where that was going. Saves, so, yeah. Saves my original pick, uh, you know, before the season started was Michael Givens, but it's looking like David Robertson. Like I think his, his stuff definitely plays and and I think he'll be, he'll be it. But I think there's definitely going to be like, at, there's probably going to be like five guys at least with like, you know, three or more saves. Gotcha. Uh, two more wins. Pitching wins. Kyle Hendricks. I mean, yeah. he did it last year as is like, um, I think, you know, I think he'll be the, he'll be the guy. Marcus Stroman probably won't be too far behind though. And then last one, and this can be, you could do starting rotation and bullpen ERA. ERA. Ooh. Uh, I want to go either, either Hendricks or Stroman. Um, so, but I'm going to go with, with Hendricks just cause you know, he's, he's done it. He's pitched a really low ERA, you know, 2021 aside, like that's mm-hmm. one thing he's done pretty well throughout his career. Like, you know, I think that that is it. I think I think Stroman's a little bit like not to. I'm not trying to say he is it by any means, but like I guess he is a little bit more susceptible to like those little dink and dunk innings where you know, you know he a little might snowball to three or four runs um, that Kyle Hendricks isn't and maybe as prone to. Yeah, and then bullpen real quick. Yeah. No ERA for the bullpen. Oh ERA for the bullpen. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I think a bullpen question. Um, <laughs> I think Daniel Norris, um, that's my, I think he's going to be a really good left-handed lefty lefty matchup. Um, and I think he's going to be able to get a lot of outs. It's a dude that I, lived I like in that, a van, right? I kind what's of that? forgot he was on the dude team. that lived in a van, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And let me tell you, when he first walked in the complex, I thought it was Jake Arrieta. Like those guys <laughs> look exact, like they walk the same too. Really? And he wears number 49. Like I thought it was Jake Arrieta. Jesus. And then I saw him put on a glove on his right hand. And I'm like, it does not Jake Arrieta. <laughs> Damn, I could definitely see it, actually. That's the ghost of Jake Arrieta. Uh, Especially from afar. Right, well, like, if you look at his pictures, like, all right, that's not. But, like, if you, like, step back and, and you just see the beard, it's, yeah. I could see that. I mean, he's, yeah, he's got, like, I think 
Norris has more of like I'll say an egghead and maybe like a a pointed beard, but especially his chin. But yeah, I could see that. I don't I, I, like I don't it. know how you're ever going to see this, but like if you ever catch him walking, like he walk, like you know how Jake Arrieta walked with his chest out, like or like yeah, still does, but like I don't think he changed his walking stance uh, <laughs> since he left. Uh, but, his posture, uh, yeah. I usually but, change uh, mine once every two or three years. <laughs> yeah, just keep it fresh, keep them guessing. <laughs> but yeah, Daniel Norris uh, very similar to uh, Jake Arrieta. I love that. No, I, that's a. Talk about a wild card or dark horse. Yeah. I did not expect you to say that. Um, all right, let's jump into the starting five. So we are doing, Max, what are we doing? We are doing best locations or atmospheres to watch a Cubs game. All right. Andy, you kick this off. I'm going to go at Wrigley Field itself. <laughs> wow. Just you know at what? Wrigley Field in general. That's good. But just to counter that or. Okay. Like more specific. Yeah, we're going to. All right. So this is like, I kind of actually hope I can change this this year, but I've never actually sat in the bleachers. So I like felt like, I don't know, I felt like wrong for choosing the bleachers. So I'll just say like, you know, I'll just say uh, the the 200 section right under the overhang. So you got a little shade. Nice. Okay. You burn easy, huh? Very easily. (laughs) See, The the light in my room is a little too bright. I'm like, I'm worried I'm getting a slight sunburn. All right, Kyle, do I get to go second? No, I'm going on second this time, bitch. I'm going to bleachers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the bleachers are not the best spot to watch a game, but as far as, like, having a good time, absolutely. Saturday, 120 start in the bleachers in the middle of, like, June. Good night, Jim Kite. Play that oh, yeah. right now. All right. Uh, uh, so, so I get two picks. I'm going to go a rooftop, and then I'm going to go first row of the 300 level behind home plate. I feel that is a very underrated, very underrated uh, section. Yeah, that's an incredible. The upper right. deck at Wrigley, especially in the first row, it's like it's such a small park. It, the overhang, it's, you're yeah, right there. Yeah, I, yeah, it's 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 like better than almost every single uh, upper deck that I've sat in. Like it is phenomenal. I would have said the 1914 Club, but I've never been down there. So yeah, yeah me either. I, mean, I so I can't say it. I've never been there. Seems nice. I don't, I, maybe once I win a couple of bets here, seems really check nice. it out. Until um, then, we'll just we'll talk about it. So I'm I'm really upset that you uh you you picked the rooftop because that was that was my uh, that was my second go to. But I'm gonna go all right. Uh, the, I'm gonna go with the one hundred oh, section. No. Right. My turn. Snake. Oh yeah, snake. Oh yeah, my snake bad. My bad. You got lost in the snake. Lost in the snake. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I should have let you go and then did that and then just took your pick. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go at I'm gonna go sluggers. Nice. Classic. Right up in the batting cages. Maybe hit a little BP before and after. Get the boys uh or get the blood flowing with the boys. I love that. Sluggers would have been my answer seven years ago. Now I would hate to watch a couple <laughs> Just walk out of there with sticky shoes, the whole floor is just <laughs> covered in fucking piss and drinks and vinegar <laughs> and vinegar you know where to find some <laughs> look in the floor <laughs> <laughs> tastes like a salt and vinegar chip <laughs> oh all right you're now you have two andy all right now i have two uh, i'm gonna mm-hmm. go the 100 100 level section like right up against the foul pole one of the last games i sat at as a fan was like i want to say like two rows behind the bartman seat and it's like perfect like you get like 
it's it's an awesome view. Right um, next to the bullpen too. Yeah, yeah, the old bullpen well, back then. The old bullpen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my second pick, I'm gonna go an April game on my couch, like while everyone's like freezing their ass off, and That's I'm like enjoying the game just on my couch. Yep. That's a perfect. That's actually like <laughs> the perfect pick. There's nothing better. Um, this is going to be more of a specific instance, but I'm going to say ballpark village in St. Louis when the Cubs are beating them in the playoffs. That's, but, but it needs to be that specific instance. Cause otherwise if the Cubs are losing that, it's nice. <laughs> that was, that was great. That was perfect timing for that. Vibes were immaculate. At that oh, time. Yeah. They're on TV. Right. CBS people forget that. I'm going to go. At Sloan Park, just spring Ooh. training. Uh, you're in Scottsdale. You're in the Phoenix area. You are having a good time watching the Cubs. That's a good and one. Th- and then, um, shit, I just had another one. I'm going to go my backyard. That's a good one, too. You can get like a, TV, a TV outside in the summer. You can just crack a beer and watch the Cubs in your backyard. That's a good one. Um, I'm gonna. This is another specific instance. I'm gonna say uh, when Jake Arrieta was pitching in 2015. That was appointment television. <laughs> that, that definitely. Was. I mean, it's like it was like. Is he gonna throw another no hitter today? Like, it was no hitter watch. Like, yeah. It, it wasn't Every even start. like. Are they gonna win? It's like, is he gonna throw a no hitter? Is he gonna allow a hit? Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, is it now you're, yeah, now it's your last two. I got lost in the snake two. there. Yeah. Um, so this is another very specific one. I'm going to go West coast game in my bed and then just wake up to the result. Like, yeah, that's fall asleep. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, per, like listening to, to Boog and JD put me to sleep. Like it's perfect. Been there, done that. That's money. Yeah. And then yeah. I don't have a second one off that. Hold on. Let me, um, Oh, actually, like my first baseball memories, watching the, the home run chase, any Sammy Sosa game in 98. Yeah. Like, it's like, how many home runs is he going to hit today? I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. My last one is going to be when I'm hungover and need to cure the Sunday scaries. <laughs> that's it. Just pop on the marquee network. Yes. <laughs> watch any any programming i don't care if it's a cubs countdown of greatest second baseman with loose stools or if anything it's a, a women's acc basketball game i don't care they got cups <laughs> on like, the if ticker. i can gamble on it i'm on i'm in all right they i'm got, gonna so they got it, cups colors on the ticker am i this is the last pick right yep yeah this mr irrelevant perfect, perfect. You're, you're gonna love this one on a wednesday night in cleveland Ooh. oh <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm not a better one than that. You can't. That should win you the draft automatically. Is that like a, that's like better than a Tom, Tom Brady pick, you know, like picking Tom Brady in the sixth round or picking that that's the last overall pick. Oh my God. I can't believe I'd even think of that. I was, I was worried Kyle was going to say that. And then I hear the word hungover come out of his mouth and I'm like, thank God. (laughs) This guy, you know, like this guy's a fucking idiot. (laughs) God damn it. I didn't even think of that. I put I fucking pick sluggers. I didn't even pick it. Think of that. <laughs> Honorable mention Bernie's. I like watching Cubs games at Bernie's. Um, All right. Yeah. How about that? What's your favorite favorite bar to go to to watch 
a Cubs game, Wrigleyville. I mean, I like Sluggers just because of the batting cages. I know old, it's old pro is good. It's expensive. And not that anything else is not expensive, but whew. I feel like every time I go to Old Crow, it's like, Here, here's your receipt. Uh, can you uh, yeah. take out a loan? So is like the, uh, <laughs> what's the, the Budweiser Brick House? Yeah. And like Gallagher Way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool That's place, a but it's fun. pretty steep. I've heard there's a, at Murphy's, there's a, a little rooftop up there, late night rooftop. Yeah. I've, I've heard rumblings of it. I want to sit there. Honorable mention um, at the Hawks game. Remember we watched that World Series game while we were at the Hawks game, like on the glass. Game six. <laughs> that was so stupid that we 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 sat sitting there watching row. it on our phones. Was that were we first row? I don't know if we were first row, but we were definitely like close. Oh my god! Yeah, we were like first or second row. Watched Game Six of the World Series on my iPhone with yeah, shitty Wi-Fi the whole story. time. Yeah, it's funny because I mean the Cubs were obviously down. What three to one? And three two. Then, well, it started at that time. Three two, yeah. And we're all like walking into the Hawks game. We're like, we're we're not gonna watch. Like we, whatever happens, happens. We'll check the score later. Like seconds after we sit down, we pull out our phones and are just like, have the whole broadcast up watching. And we were in the hall watching like Chris Bryant hit that home run in the first. We're like, let's go, and we just didn't watch any <laughs> of the Hawks game. The Hawks were down three nothing, and you were got, you were celebrating like crazy. Couldn't tell you what the Hawks did that day. Honestly, yeah. Probably the only day you don't know what happened in the Hawks. Hawks It's November 1st, 2016. I could tell you the date, though. Thanks for coming. (laughs) Uh, Max, do you have anything else? Oh, that's it. Just want to thank Andy for coming on. It's always a great time. He's the 6% of the show. Andy, why don't you uh, drop your your Twitter handle and shit so people can follow you, too, if they're listening. Hey, Martinez underscore 11. A Martinez underscore 11. There it is. Mm-hmm. You can catch him on the Cubs weekly podcast. Uh, his, his work on marquee sports network.com. Are you, you ever been on TV before during the broadcast during the broadcast? No. Is that going to change this year? Are you going to be on TV? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Oh, we'll see. I'll just have fat, to watch every game. Those fat <laughs> head pictures of you are going to be glorious, but only the ones on marquee that <laughs> those, Apple TV or Peacock games. They, you know, it's all right. If you skip them, that's all right. <laughs> Those fed head pictures of you are going to be glorious. I cannot wait. <laughs> I mean, my, uh, my right. head's already pretty fat, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for coming. No, thank you guys. Go Cubs.